Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. Stand by for news and stuff. And Joseph, not wanting to disgrace her, wanted to send her away secretly. Try to remember a time in your life when you felt utterly disappointed. How'd you feel? Did it affect your expectations for the future? Did you get mad? Did you quietly sink back and sulk? Disappointment hurts, doesn't it? It's a painful irony that our level of disappointment is directly proportional to how much we want something to really happen. In this portion of Scripture, Joseph is seen as being extremely disappointed. And why should he not be? He was engaged to a young woman through a legal bond strong enough to require a divorce to end it. And yet she stood before him admitting a pregnancy that she could not fully understand. That's something... Obviously, Joseph was bewildered. He could not understand it either. Being a gentleman, the disappointed Joseph decided to allow her to exit the engagement quietly. God called Joseph now to a higher level of acceptance, explaining the supernatural conception. The Lord called upon Joseph to rise up out of those fears and disappointments. Furthermore, God entrusted Joseph with an awesome responsibility, that of parenting the Savior of the world. Wow, that's something to think about. God's only begotten Son. How differently this story would have ended if Joseph had refused to lay aside his disappointment. Today, pray that God will enable you to see your initial disappointment to achieve the greater potential that He has in store for you in your life. We all have to deal with disappointments. What in the world is going on? And this message to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Run. Hide. Fight. Yeah, that went out. Three people dead, one critically injured after a gunman reportedly in his 60s opened fire at the University of Nevada's campus, Las Vegas, according to police. Three sources told NBC News that the gunman, who is also dead, was a man in his 60s. His connection, if any, to the university is well unclear. A fourth victim shot in stable condition, according to the sheriff's department there. Four additional people are in the hospital after suffering panic attacks and two officers treated for minor injuries. The sheriff praised the heroic officer who stopped that gunman, but said they have no idea why this went down. Well, it's the new America flood of evil, and it can happen next door to you today. It's crazy. It's demonic. So have you learned anything, either watching or getting your cliff notes on the fourth Republican presidential debate? It saw no shortage of fireworks for sure, including plenty of name-calling among these four and personal jabs among those that participated. Entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, Ron DeSantis of Florida, and former UN Ambassador and Governor Nikki Haley, repeatedly clashed in heated exchanges throughout the debate, which was held at the campus of the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa yesterday. Everybody that favors their candidates said, oh, they won without question. Some of the hottest things came from all the billionaires supporting Nikki Haley, which Ron DeSantis jumped on again and again, as did Ramaswamy. What is it? You know who won? Really interesting, they say. Donald Trump, he's like 40 points ahead so far. Oh, 
Well, we're learning a few things, I guess. Who knows what comes tomorrow other than Jesus? A bombshell revelation demonstrates the chilling links that our government will go to censor you. I wish I could say that, hey, I'm really surprised today, but federal officials have been pressuring big tech to censor constitutionally protected speech now for, oh, a long time. The lefty loonies are doing their thing. The House Judiciary Committee and Select Subcommittees on the Weaponization of the Federal Government recently released a report revealing the Department of Homeland Security, the DHS, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, and the Global Engagement Center. You know about all those, right? No, you don't. Anyway, they coordinated with Stanford University along with other entities to censor speech leading up to the 2020 election. The government created an entity called the Election Integrity Partnership to outsource its censorship efforts in an attempt to disguise efforts to, to violate our First Amendment rights. Under this master scheme, government officials and federally funded organizations flagged post they deemed misinformation to EIP analysts who in turn would flag them for the intended social media platform. Yeah, censorship. As the report shows, EIP was formed at the request of the Department of Homeland Security. Although the EIP was intended to hide the federal government's involvement in all of that, the connections are very clear. Documents show that they had direct access to the EIP's inner workings, including incoming information reports from the centralized reporting system. Them versus you. And this dangerous game goes on today. Well, this is a big deal. Let me get a plug in here for our new book, The Invisible War on the Saints. Yeah, victor or victim. I uh, had a friend contact me this morning. He recently found out that our book came out and that there's a video series, and uh, he was all excited about that. Now, this dear brother was one of the most humble men that I have ever met. My wife and children would say the same. Uh, he even came to most of my meetings in the tri-state area here of Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan, and uh, he actually performed. He's very good at what he does. Plays that guitar. Actually performed with me at several revivals. Here was his comment today. Dear Greg, my wife and I have been watching your demon series on uh, YouTube. You shared here about the house being cleaned and then seven other demons returning and that state being worse than before for that person. You know, I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior and he changed my life and pornography was a big problem, but it was deleted from my life. I detested, I hated it, but I didn't know or I wasn't counseled to actually address that sin in my life and clear out any ground that I have given. It was controlled by the punk, as he describes the devil. I believe that the punk is willing to go underground until a more opportune time and wait until the precise opportunity and time to return with those seven other demons and gain even greater control than the first demon could ever have experienced on his own. They teamed up. Because we weren't aware of this danger, we wound up being attacked and recontrolled by that demon and other wicked spirits for 22 years. And because of my unlearned spiritual leaders on spiritual warfare, 
Another five years came of miserable struggle in my life and marriage. It wasn't until we had our own spiritual warfare incident, looked into and began to learn how to beware and battle these wicked spirits and do spiritual warfare that we finally began to find and realize our real freedom in Jesus Christ and what he won for us on the cross through his death, burial, and resurrection and his ascension. You know, I often wonder how our life and marriage would have progressed if my spiritual leaders in my life, whom I'm supposed to trust and follow, had been tuned in to the importance of spiritual warfare. Just some thoughts for you, my brother, praying for your ministry. Isn't that something? That is why we're going to continue on as long as God gives us breath to warn Christians about demonic control in their lives. Thank you, sir, for your encouraging words. Sad statistic, fentanyl is the leading cause of death in this country of people between 18 and 49. Hard to believe. What does this uh, so-called president do? What's he doing about the horror of fentanyl? Oh, he leaves our border wide open so this poison can flow freely from the so-called ally Mexico. Satan having a field day thanks to Joe Obama. Most of you know about our great loss down the path to fentanyl. So the couple was married in this park, renewed their vows a couple of years ago right here. And they go to this same place in the park, husband and wife. There they are, holding hands. And the man raises the gun to his chest and kills himself. Another major trouble spot in America. The opioid crisis versus those who really, really need painkillers. What to do, what to do in the new America. It's a problem leaving many among the estimated 20 million Americans who suffer from daily debilitating chronic pain to consider suicide. This is just one story. It happened slowly, the pain caused by a 1980 back fracture, the result of a tractor-trailer crash, crippled more and more of Jay Lawrence's body and his spirit. By 2006, the Tennessee native and Navy vet's arms and legs were going numb. The excruciating pain reduced him to tears, multiple surgeries, chiropractic adjustments, physical therapy, nothing worked. Finally found solace in prescription painkillers, 120 milligrams a day of morphine, high dose, but it, it did dull the pain enough for him to take walks with his wife, do some grocery shopping, even take in some movies. But last February, the pain clinic doctors delivered jarring news. It's coming to America. They were cutting Lawrence's daily dosage from 90 milligrams in short dosages down to 30. The doctor said the reduced dosage was in response to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention out of Atlanta, prescribing guidelines released in 2016 as part of that national anti-opioid push. The doctor said, you know, these guidelines are going to become a law eventually, so we've decided as a group here we're going to Take all of our patients down now. Start dropping them. Lawrence's pain returned with a vengeance. Could barely move, sleep, often sorting himself before he could get to the bathroom. It feels like every part of my body's on fire. 
His wife said she and her husband went to a primary care physician and asked maybe for a referral to another pain clinic. They were told it takes six weeks. That was too much. On the day of his next medical appointment, when his painkiller dosage was to be reduced again, he instead went to a nearby park with his wife, and on the very spot where they renewed their wedding vows just two years earlier, they held hands together, and then he raised the gun, put it to his chest, and killed himself. Lawrence, who was 58 years old, became one of those undetermined number among the nation's 20 million chronic pain sufferers who choose suicide after being cut back or denied prescriptions for opioids. The suicides have motivated many of those who continue to suffer from pain and family members and advocates of those who took their lives to, to call for a reevaluation of that rush to reduce opioid dosages for those who most need them. We have a terrible problem in America. We have people committing suicide for no other reason than being forced to stop their opioids, their pain medications for that chronic pain. It's mass hysteria and it's witch hunts, said many doctors. Something to think about today and pray about. For you, maybe? Certainly for others. So which one do you use, or do you use any? What? Our uh, question's been coming up a lot from those of you on Facebook, inquiring about a good study Bible. So I put it on my page, and many of you responded from pastors oh, all over the place. I say it depends on the person. I myself like the Thompson chain game and the wide margins there. Schofield and Dakes are the best I have ever seen in my life. I use them all the time. I just bought one of them, their expensive Dakes, and uh, I would trade it for a good Schofield study Bible. I don't know why, but I, I like it. Clayton Van Hus down there at uh, Southwest, WHCB, limited time deal, evangelical study Bible, Christ-centered, faith-building, mission-focused, New King James Version hardcover, red letter, Large, comfortable print. I highly recommend this. And there's a limited time deal on this. And he gives the web address to find out about that. I really like the Thomas Nelson Study Bible. The Open Bible is also a good one. I've been a lifelong user of the Thompson Chain Bible. First two Bibles I owned were Thompson Chain Bibles. And they can get expensive. I mean, all of these Bible here, guys, says I spent $320 for my dakes about three weeks ago. Isn't that something? How about the Open Bible, the Life Application Bible, David Jeremiah, and John MacArthur? Very popular, by the way, MacArthur. I use the Nelson Study Bible in the KJV. I found the notes most helpful. Here's MacArthur again and David Jeremiah. Someone responded here in Fort Wayne. I use the Schofield and the Ryrie Study Bible. Oh, this is old-time KJV. I use the Ruckman, <laughs> Peter Ruckman Reference Bible. Pastor Bob Ferguson said I use Mom's version. It's the best. It'll make you walk right, talk right, smell right, and spit right there. Okay. She was very poor. She found a treasure in her Bible that she said money couldn't buy and death couldn't take away. Yep, I recommend Mom's version. Thank you, sir. Who said that? And we think of freedom, not as the right to do as we please, 
but as the opportunity to do what's right. Wise men still seek him. Wise men and women. Remember, keep a handle on your spending, my Christian friend. Rich people stay rich by acting like they're poor. Poor people stay poor by acting like they're rich. Yep. A flashback to some of my favorite cartoon characters. Where's my Bible? Life 101 next. Just a quick reminder, if we might, that this is a very good time of the year to share Jesus Christ. I mean, people are open at certain times. I've shared many times how open people are at funerals and emergencies, but here's another joyful time, the celebration of Christmas and an opportunity for you and I to share what Christmas is truly all about. And you know exactly what I'm saying there. The birth of Jesus Christ and the Savior of the world one of the most important days in the life of mankind, period. So make sure that you do it this year, someplace, sometime, maybe even the Christmas dinner prayer, where you can get in a simple message of salvation. Jesus Christ is not an answer. No, he is the answer. And being saved, being a child of God, is a great way to live and a great way to die. Share the news this holiday season. Well, this is going to be closed circuit for all the seniors listening to the program today. And, oh, all right, you younger whippersnappers can listen to, I guess. Okay, time to do a little check of your mind way back when. I used to love Saturday mornings when I was a kid. Yeah, I'd hop out of bed, plant myself in front of the boob tube, and get my weekly fill of well, usually Looney Tune stuff. Sylvester was fighting the mice. Well, you know how that whole thing went. So here's that memory check thing again. How about the two who checked in and then fought? That was their job every day, fought. Now, I have no problem remembering uh, Bugs Bunny. Yes, Sylvester, Foghorn Leghorn, and Porky Pig. I loved watching those cartoons and eating junk food. Two characters you may not remember quite as well. You will once I start to describe them. Ralph Wolf, remember him? And Sam Sheepdog, you remember? The day started off like normal, and Ralph and Sam would arrive at the same time. Both wish each other a cordial good morning. Take time, cards, and punch them into the job, and then the mayhem would ensue. Sam was the protector of the sheep every day, and Ralph, he just wants to eat the sheep, all of them, but he never really gets away with anything. Sam had too much brawn and smarts to ever let Ralph accomplish that goal of stealing the sheep. Then the day would end, the work whistle would blow, and Ralph and Sam would leave telling each other good day again. Day after day, same scenario, very routine. It was, well, just ordinary living for these two. You know, each day we have the extraordinary ability to make room for Jesus Christ into our hearts and our lives. But here's the thing. We must intentionally make that room for Christ in our hearts. It is possible that we are so busy amidst the routine of life that we miss the unexpected, unplanned, and extraordinary moments that God may be dropping in our midst maybe today. I want you to think about it. The alarm goes off, 
Time to get up, get started on the day. First, what do we do? Is it the Bible or Facebook? Shower. Get the coffee. Check Facebook. Drop the kids off at school. Go to work. Got that lunch meeting. Check Facebook. You know, this really is my routine, doing news and all the things we read and do for this show. Hey, maybe you're younger. This is your routine. Okay, back to work. Pick up the kids from school. Drop off the kids. Grab a few groceries. Time for supper. Check Facebook. Help the kids get ready with their homework. Does this sound like your life? If you're younger, it very well may be you. Go through that get-ready-for-bed process with the kids. Tuck them in. Collapse into bed. End of day. Repeat tomorrow. But what if, what if today, at this very moment, the angels are still shouting? Listen, listen carefully. Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace among those with whom he is pleased. What if right now we can let the good news of Emmanuel, God with us, break up that daily routine and be captured and we would be captivated by the extraordinary news of the gift of Almighty God to us. Friends, we had a pause now and then, a lot. Look for God at work in the midst of our lives and shine the love and the hope and the joy and the peace of Jesus Christ everywhere. And in doing so, may people see the extraordinary light and the love that God has for us this time of year. Well, walk through them all, and you'll know what time of year it is. Can we say Merry Christmas this year? Is it still Happy Holidays, Seasons, Greetings? Yeah, those windows tell you what time it is. Stroll through the mall, or maybe here we go to Ship Shawana. The whole town is the season. But it doesn't take too long, and yep, it's Christmas time. You know what's missing in all of this, though? The name of Jesus Christ. The true Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' birth, seems to be diminishing year after year. Christmas is being replaced with a separate and unrelated event, the holiday season. Christians spend time rejoicing in the birth of Jesus. However, the holidays are instead spent rushing frantically from store to store, getting ready to spend your average $850 per person in finding the perfect gifts, and subtly hinting at what your loved ones can buy for you. Christmas is the most phenomenal opportunity that a Christian can have all year long for someone to talk about Jesus Christ. During Christmas, the world takes notice of the birth of the Savior, even if they don't realize it. This year, when someone greets you with a have a great holiday season, make a point to take the opportunity to share what they may have left out. Jesus Christ. Christmas is about Jesus Christ. Amen. And this is not what you want to hear. After the baby was dedicated, a four-year-old brother was just crying inconsolably in the backseat of the car after church. What's the matter? asked the concerned mom. The boy replied, hey, that pastor said he hoped our baby would be raised in a good Christian home. I, I just want her to stay here with you guys. <laughs> Okay. And come on, were you one of them? Were you one of those that contacted us yesterday? 
want to say thanks to all the new folks who have joined us on Hello World and those of you that have come on board on Facebook. Well, that's easy to do. Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Why not sign up today and be my friend? Don't forget about our book, InvisibleMoreOfTheSaints.com, every day. Someone putting an order in, and we thank you very much. Past programs available at whcbradio.org. Follow the links and gregpatton.com. And that's the way it is Thursday, December the 7th, 2023. I am Greg Patton. God bless.